0: Hello, and welcome to Allura Public Radio, the official Black Warren Books podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and follow me as I interview the authors, editors, artists, and staff who make this unique LGBTQA plus publisher work. Today, we'll be interviewing Black Warren editor and soon-to-be author, Renard DeFleurreau. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, starting off, tell us who exactly is Renard DeFleurreau. <laughs>
1: Um, well, I've been around online. I've had an online presence for a while now. I was um, one of those people that grew up with the internet, as in actually growing up with the internet as it evolved. And I quickly became enamored when I was in high school. Um, And from there, I started writing. I started uh, sharing stories and working for freelance um, jobs in the furry fandom, in fantasy. I've grown a small following, which I'm very grateful for. And I've even published a novel on the side. Uh, beyond that, I've worked as a teacher. Um, I love history. I love fantasy. And as you can probably tell, I also have a bad habit of rambling. <laughs> a lot of people do, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Now, I know personally we've talked lots of times before, but English and writing wasn't uh, what you studied for in your education.
1: No, no. um, I was a history major, and history is still a a love of mine. Until very recently, I was working as a world history teacher in middle school here in Florida, um, which was a challenging... Uh, experience because my very first year was the school year of 2019 to 2020, and so after spring break, I never saw my first year uh, my first year of students again.
0: That sounds like that was fun.
1: <laughs> That's one word for it. <laughs> and what are you doing now? Well, right now um I'm working as an editor for Black Warren, but I've also struck out entirely as a freelance writer. Um, I've been writing commissioned stories on Twitter, on Fur Affinity, for anyone who's interested, for a while now. Um, and I've finally tried to throw my whole weight behind that to make it into an actual career. The er, being a teacher what is a very, very stressful occupation, uh, especially these days. And after a few years, and after weathering the pandemic, I needed a break. I needed a change of pace, and to end. I've always wanted to try being a writer full time.
0: So you were a little bit burnt out. Exactly.
1: Um that's has less to do with the pandemic and more to do with my school specifically, which uh, has a lot of horror stories that my friends and family are very familiar with. I I I don't uh, uh, once you get me going I'm I'm very hard to stop. Oh
0: that's um, completely understandable. I think everybody has horror stories about their work especially these days.
1: Uh, but no, besides that, I was just happy to um, try writing, and it's been rewarding, especially as I've had time to flesh out ideas. I've always wanted to share stories, um, and I have two different novels that I'm working on right now, which, not my smartest plan, but it's the plan I'm sticking
0: Hey, Hey, uh, whatever we can do. <laughs> but... Obviously, you've already mentioned fantasy as something that really uh, inspires you, but is there other genres of fiction that speak to you?
1: Oh, yes, quite a few. Um, I enjoy historical fiction, Uh that should come as a given. I enjoy uh, a lot of the classics. I fell in love with the works of Charles Dickens and... Nathaniel Hawthorne when I was first introduced to them in school, I enjoy, I actually, these days, funnily enough, I enjoy a good tragedy, um, which probably says, I don't know if that says more about me or the times we're living in, but I find that good cleansing dose of pathos very, um, very therapeutic.
0: What sort of tragedy are we talking about? Are we talking about the classic Greek uh, uh, definition of tragedy or just um, a very, like, sad or morose tale?
1: Well, I hate to be uh, quite so basic, but um, one of my favorite tragedies was always uh, Hamlet. I love... I'm a big Shakespeare fan. I enjoy his sonnets, I enjoy reading through his plays, I love seeing his plays. I was in theater as well um, for many years, and... ...tragedies like Hamlet or Othello, they struck a chord with me that's never quite gone away. Uh, Funnily enough, um... One of my favorite tragedies, and this may be, um... I uh, I don't think the word controversial is 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 quite the term for it. But one of my favorite tragedies is honestly the um the Star Wars prequels.
0: Ah, uh.
1: um, I enjoy like okay okay they are flawed, but I love the grand scope of seeing like this this once proud civilization being brought down to its knees, being twisted into something unrecognizable. A proud order falling like it's it's got all the parts of a of a of a classic greek tragedy but you know the delivery was <laughs> the pa-
0: <laughs> you have the pathos
1: yes yes
0: now it is interesting you are the third editor so far that has a background in theater
1: <laughs> mhm uh that doesn't surprise me <laughs> now
0: you've already mentioned some uh books but what books would you consider uh your favorites or What might be most influential on you and your writing and editing?
1: Specifically, um, you're asking for titles? Yes. Okay. Um, Well, of course, I was introduced to fantasy uh, in The Chronicles of Narnia and The Hobbit. I have a lot of fond memories of when I was a little kid, my dad reading those books to me, uh, you know, to get me to sleep. And it always stuck with me. But after that, I soon discovered other titles. Um, one of my favorite authors, and one who I really, really enjoy, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit, is uh, David Eddings. He wrote this, uh, actually quite a few series of fantasy novels that always kind of stuck with me. Um, his most famous being The Belgariat. Uh, are you familiar?
0: No, I am not. It's, I, I believe I've heard the story name, but I don't know about the tale itself.
1: I I really connected with it because, if I remember the story right, uh, David Eddings was um, like a lot of fantasy authors working as an English teacher. Um, and he was told once, like, oh gosh, you can't do anything new with fantasy. It's practically dead, you know. And he took that as a challenge to take a story that was so packed full of every cliche, and fantasy trope imaginable, but still making it an entertaining story. And that's how the Belgariad was born. Um, and what I love about it is that every single character seems to know they're in a very standard fantasy play, um, story, and they play it up as being as snarky and sarcastic as possible, which obviously resonates with me. It's it's very much like uh, Terry Pratchett, I would say. Um... And it struck a chord with me, and it's, it's influenced how I've written my own stories, especially because, like, I've always, I've always been a big believer that it doesn't matter if your story is new. Don't be so hung up on, you know, making something bold and new. Just make sure it's good. Just make sure it's enjoyable. And the rest will fall into place naturally, I believe.
0: So it has a narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, I also really like Diana Wynne-Jones. She's wonderful. She has that same... Um, well, uh, that same biting humor that I've grown to really appreciate. Funnily enough, even though I really respect a lot of uh, the more popular novels that she's known for, like How's Moving Castle, it's some of her lesser-known works that I really appreciate, um, such as the, the Dark Lord of Dirkholm, which is, again, another um another book where everyone kind of knows they're in a cliche fantasy and plays it up for all it's worth
0: now this is interesting because you were talking a little bit ago about how you've been really into tragedies of late but you Mm. do seem to enjoy that uh that hint of comedy
1: oh yeah absolutely i i love to laugh um comedy is uh something i've always been very drawn to um I'm not I'm not as as witty or funny as I would like to be, but um, I do enjoy a lot of comedies as well. Um, <laughs> I grew up with, well, when I say grew up, I'm more like in my teenage years. I first stumbled upon um, Monty Python. I stumbled across uh, classic sitcoms. that kind of. Ah, uh, got to me. Though my my personal favorite is a British series called Blackadder, which had Rowan Atkinson, Mister Bean in it, playing out different eras of British history at their most absurd, and that was my absolute favorite.
0: If I remember correctly, that has a lot of dark humor in that.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yes, it does, because the, the uh, Rowan Atkinson plays you know Blackadder, who is this unrepentant asshole in all his you know reincarnations uh, which leads to a lot of great comedy.
0: Now, moving on a little bit, how does uh L- uh the LGBTQ+ uh ideas and ideals influence work your your work
1: and your characters and everything? Well, I have um I have a, my my personal History is um a bit rife. Uh, I come from a very conservative and religious background. Mm-hmm. And you know, i and I, I I want to make it clear that I come from a very loving family. you know, I, I love my folks, but you know, around uh, thirteen, I started to have independent thoughts of my own, which I didn't realize back then I could have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and slowly, like middle school, uh, high school was really where uh, it it really hit how different I was from what I thought I was. I distinctly remember um, one of my best friends from high school, and starting from freshman year, uh, freshman year to to senior year. By senior year, I had come to terms with who I was—that I was bisexual—and everyone knew. And I had really uh, struggled with it for yeah, with that identity um, for a while. But by senior year, I had fully matured and come to accept that that was just who I was. And then my best friend pulled me aside and said, "You know, you've come so far. I remember when you first came to to school in freshman year and we first met, and you said that being gay was a choice, and I almost struck you upside the head with a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I, and I, I again, sorry, sorry, big storyteller, I tend to ramble. As far as how it relates to uh, my personal writing, well, most of the commissions I get are of an erotic nature or of a fetish nature. And that's, God, that's just how the game is. You know, I I can't think of a single author or writer I know that hasn't had to write that. But it's something that I've established a reputation for myself. Apparently, I do it well. As for my more ambitious works, my personal works, I have realized that I do tend to write about characters that really have to struggle with their identity, especially when they thought they were something. They grew up thinking that they were one specific thing, and then they discover that that's not the case. And I think that that's something that, even though I've only ever really you know play with it metaphorically that that it is definitely um resonant with my own experiences you know spending my time as a good christian boy thinking that i would have the exact same sort of life my parents did and realizing no that is not the hand i was dealt for life
0: <laughs> absolutely and i do have to give you credit and a lot of props for that um, blog posts that you put on the Black Warren website about <laughs> Disney. Thank you. Now, yeah, let, I know you have a very close connection to the Disney mm-hmm. company. Uh, tell us about that a little bit, and what that article you wrote means.
1: Well, um, I was born in Miami, but we very quickly moved to Orlando, and from there, I practically grew up in Disney, in Disney World. My mom worked at the park, so we got him for free all the time, and my mom being notoriously cheap, um, you know, our house was practically plastered in Disney paraphernalia, because again, she got it at a discount. <laughs> um, and so my favorite movies were Disney, my favorite cartoons were Disney, the video games I got were Disney for years. Like, I was all on. The first time I left the country, it was on a Disney cruise line. Like, you could have I could have been branded with a with with mouse ears, and it wouldn't have made much of a difference to me. Um, And I even my my first okay, my first job that I enjoyed because my first job was McDonald's, but the next job that I enjoyed was working at Disney. And back then, working at Disney was about as good as a teenager could expect because they paid a lot better than a lot of other people, and you got free tickets to Disney World. Um, And I've seen. The Disney Company just decaying from the inside out, which just kills me. Um, the article I wrote about was from distinctly from their evolving relationship with the LGBTQA community, but it's so much more than that. I I see how they treat their cast members, including my own mother, and I it's disgusting. They keep taking away benefits that um cast members just came to rely on. And giving nothing in return, but, you know, longer hours for, you know, comparatively not so good pay. Um, So I have this very distinct love-hate relationship with Disney. Every time I take someone new to the parks, I turn into old man Ren, where I just, you know, I'm just shaking my cane at like, at like you know, back in the good old days. <laughs>
0: Completely understandable, considering how things have been going these days. Mm. But let's move on a little bit to your role in Black Warren. What sort of works are you looking for as an editor?
1: Well, obviously, fantasy is a big thing for me. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy specifically character-driven stories. Though, I enjoy getting inside the head of a of a of 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 specifically in a uh, smart and intelligent characters. I love being in the mind of someone that can see all the angles and comes up with really creative solutions. Um I think that's why growing up my favorite stories from Greek mythology were about Odysseus, for example. Or when I was desperately trying to get through a Song of Ice and Fire, my favorite parts by far were those focusing on Tyrion. Um so I love getting into a character's head and and seeing how they see their their world, you like but the steamers.
0: Fan-
1: mm-hmm. Yes, but beyond fantasy, um, again, historical fiction. Love that stuff. Um, I enjoy good mystery too. Um, I'm I my favorites would be Sherlock Holmes. I know. Again, I can be I can be terribly uh, basic when it comes to those things, but I do enjoy them. Uh, anything involving big grand plots or schemes or conspiracies that's also really fun to get into and some and some space operas as well uh those are again any basically anything with a big grand scale to match you know um to make uh, to match larger than life characters as well like those are those are definitely my favorite
0: and you do have a project that you plan on working for
1: yes uh two right now Um, I'll be developing a fantasy anthology, and of course fantasy is such a broad genre, because when I say fantasy, I'm sure that most people get the idea of, well, something like Lord of the Rings, wizards and prophecies, and, you know, grand epics of saving the world from the Dark Lord, Uh, but fantasy itself has many subgenres, and the one I wanted to focus on was heroic fantasy and this is a genre that was born out of 1930s pulp uh, things like conan the barbarian um or any uh, basically i am pretty sure robert uh, robert howard basically gave birth to the genre um almost single-handedly but i know that's not that's not entirely the case we're
0: talking about your basic sword and sorcery red mm-hmm. sonia yes
1: and anything like that would uh, even i would say that's stuff that definitely harkens back to the um Greek mythology or um Norse mythology or uh, oh gosh even um I've been enjoying a dive into uh, Iranian mythology where you have these grand epics about these larger-than-life heroes and again tying back to my personal interest in character-driven stories where you get to see these larger-than-life characters and heroes doing um amazing things and going on grand adventures. And so that sort of thing is what I was hoping to get for a fantasy anthology because I think the genre lends itself very well to short stories and in the circles I've been running in um groups like the furry fandom I know there are lots of people out there with uh characters and stories to tell about those characters.
0: Excellent. And you said you had another project?
1: Yes, I'm also developing a novel um of my own. Now, it's not my first novel. I, I do have a self-published novel that's still out there. Um oh. <laughs> like any good author, I am I'm I'm a little embarrassed by it by right now, so I won't plug it. <laughs> um especially because it's under a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one I'm developing now uh comes from a uh uh, from my fascination with uh, historical uh, dr- period dramas, like uh, I, I love the idea of taking a werewolf story and mixing it together with Downton Abbey of all things. Um, I love the idea of mixing a werewolf, a creature characterized by you know bestial ferocity and wild nature, and then mixing that with. Um, Victorian aristocratic society. There's just something funny about that, about, something about the that dichotomy that's very funny to me. And so I'm developing a story that focuses on this, you know, this this magical society that runs around, um, that runs along with aristocratic circles in Victorian England.
0: So we'll be seeing werewolves with top hats and monocles.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. It's it's a story that I've grown. Re- I've grown to really love, and I'm very excited to see where it takes me because it's it's just I just think it'll be a fun adventure. And in these days, I think that is what I think that's what a lot of people need just a fun adventure with characters they can relate to.
0: Excellent. I'm hoping a lot of people take a look at that, but Thank that. You. That's about all the time we have tonight. Where would you like to be found?
1: Well, I can be found um, through the Blackworn website under Renard Deflero. I can also be found on Twitter, which is probably the best way to get in touch with me these days.
0: Until Twitter Twitter dies.
1: (laughs) Yes. I tend to keep a low internet profile. which i've I've slowly been trying to to break out of um because you know it's 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 the game these days, and I've just never been very good at it, so I'm trying to get better at it, but yes, twitter is probably the best place for people to reach me we' on especially twitter.
0: Can we, if it's yep where on oh, twitter can we find you
1: at uh Renloaf, um r e n l o a f um I apologize for the furry art in <laughs> advance <laughs> Okay,
0: and that's about all the time we have left for this podcast. I want to thank our guests, staff, and especially you for joining us at Allura Public Radio, the official podcast of Black Warren Books. You can find us on blackwarrenbooks.com, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and of course our official Discord server is linked below. Also make sure to check out our amazing merchandise from our esteemed on-staff artist, Ivy Bath. Episodes are edited by me, Chris, and posted to Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Remember, with Black Warren, be the hero, not a token.